0: the selfish path to romance download chapter one for free at drkenner.com. this is the third time this year you've been sent to the office we need to find a better outlet maybe i could if you'd let me go out for sports honey you know why we can't do that i promise i'll slow up i'll only be the best by a tiny bit you are an incredibly competitive boy and a bit of a show-off you always say do your best but you don't really mean it Why can't I do the best that I can do? Dad always said our powers are nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers made us special. Everyone's special, Dash. Which is another way of saying no one is. And Dash is right. That's from the Incredibles. And when everyone is special, no one is. And those that whole movement of, oh, all my children are the same, or all my students are the same, or all my employees are the same, is a lie, a total lie, because we all differentiate. You've got three kids. You ask them if they rake the leaves. That's their chore, and they get some money for doing it. If one of the kids rakes the leaves beautifully and comes up with a new method, maybe learns how to use a, a leaf blower, lower another kid is adequate you know he rakes them and does a good job and the third one does nothing and runs around and jumps in the other kids piles and messes up the leaves again so the kids have to do it again who do you reward do you say oh you're all equal and i have six dollars and will give you each two dollars that is a total injustice or do you give one child four dollars the other child $2, the one that did the most 4 the other one 2 and so he can learn how to do things better, maybe learn from his brother or sister, and the third one gets nothing maybe gets penalized, maybe has to forego something of his own. Uh, you need to judge. You need to judge people, and we'll be talking about that coming up in the next segment um, with uh, Dr. Andy Bernstein, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but right now, just a, I have a quick comment. Um, right before the break, we spoke with Mike, whose son had some um, incestuous material on his a computer, or what is it? A PlayStation, a mobile device, and what do you do about that? He's 16 years old. You need to actually bring your son in and figure out what's going on. Let him talk. He is going to be mortified and embarrassed. Uh, or he may be defiant, how dare you look in my computer, but that's really just covering up the fact that it is very embarrassing material and stuff he should feel embarrassment about. So you bring him in and you ask him, um, tell me what's going on. This is what we found this is why we found it, and tell me what's going on. Now, he may say, how dare you do it? And you say, no, that's not the topic right now. Give it some thought. You know, tonight I would like to talk about, or right after dinner, we're going to sit down and talk about what's going on and just be direct with us. You know, don't try to. Mom and I are very concerned about this, and you need to then figure out how the kid. You don't want to ruin his sex life for, for uh, sex drive for life. So you say that it's you know important that you're feeling th- that you're feeling these feelings. You want it to be age appropriate, and you don't obviously don't want to rush into things. And that's a whole nother show. <laughs> I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is the Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist. You can give me your calls with any questions you have. Uh, concerning yourself, your kids. Uh, my number's toll free one eight seven seven. doctor kenner I've just never gone in for that psychological mumbo-jumbo. Here's a question I received from Brian about having a purpose in life, a central purpose. Hi, Dr. Kenner. I never have enough time for all I want to do. I have many interests and in projects but I don't feel that I have a keenly focused life. I don't have a central purpose in my life. So when I need to make decisions on how to spend my time or my resources or my energy or my money, I feel like I don't make the best decision. My life feels somewhat scattered rather than aimed in a focused direction. I don't have time for any everything. How do I identify what I love most in life? How do I have a, identify a central purpose in my life? I want to make sure that I don't just choose something just based on gut feelings. Naming what I want most would help me to make the hard choices of how best to spend my time. And then he has two questions. What are the methods? What methods are there for discovering and stating explicitly what you love in life, a central purpose and this means a career. Uh, what happens if I shift my purpose as I gain more knowledge or as a major as a major life change occurs? Well you'd use the same methods or similar methods. So let me go through the methods. When you're trying to find out what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to spend my life? Many people just look at the range of the moment and they say, Oh, you know what, there's a job down at the grocery store. Maybe I'll get that. Or dad's got this business and I don't like it, but you know what? I'll go into it. This is your life. Those types of decisions, unless you're desperate for money or there are some um, extenuating circumstances, if you have the option to look at alternatives and to find out what you love in life, go for it. So how do you do that? Well, you want to start Tracking what do I like in life, or what have I ever liked in life like if I had another life to live over again i'm well, I love I love ideas so I'd probably go do the same thing I'm doing now, which is a good signal um, but I love uh, rational ideas I love promoting those. But I also love dance. I love dance. And I would have taken more dance as a young kid. Well, I can't do that now, but I can enjoy dance now. But dance is secondary to my career. So my central purpose is that I'm a psychologist. And I have things that integrate around that. A, biz, a practice and a talk show, and a book. So things co- coordinate. That's integration. That's what you want in your life. So, Brian, you want to ask yourself, what do you love in life? You know, what's your current career? Are you in the ballpark? If you're doing something, let's say that um, you love journalism, and you've always loved journalism, but you also love skiing, and you would love to own your own ski resort and have a business uh, at the ski resort, those are going to be hard to meld. Some careers are easier to meld. So you're going to try, try to figure out which do I love most because one of the hard lessons I've learned in life is I, Ellen, can't have all my values. I can't spend all my time dancing. I can't spend all my time writing a book. I can't spend all my time with my hubby or my kids. You want to get what is almost trite nowadays, a balance, but that's true. But the central purpose is the key um, career focus that you'll have. Or if you're in retirement, your career Hobby, your career interests that you have. Uh, Interests is is more accurate there. Uh, So list number one: list all the things you enjoy doing or have ever enjoyed doing, and still are in our candidates. And it may only be a list of five things; it may be a list of twenty things. Then ask yourself a series of questions: What has held my interest over the years? All of us have been in activities that we like at some point in our life. Maybe I liked bowling once; I don't like bowling now. But it changes. So I wouldn't want to own a Bowling alley. Um, what what do you like best about each of these activities? Identify the component parts, the factors, in each of the activities that you enjoy. I like dance because, oh, emotionally it's so incredibly liberating, and you can get you can get to express all sorts of emotions from an elegant Viennese waltz to a tango, an angry tango, to a fun cha-cha a sexy cha-cha, or a playful swing. So I know what I like. You want to be able to, and I'm talking about a hobby now, but if you're talking about your career, you want that same ability to name what do I like in this. Um, What are the difficulties? You know, if the difficulties are that you need to know statistics and you don't like statistics, maybe that isn't the career for you. Ask yourself questions under what conditions do I like to work? Do I like to work under deadlines? Well, journalists, if you do, journalism may be a good Um, career for you, if if you like journalism. Uh, Would you prefer administrative work? Would you like working alone or with other people? There are lots of wonderful questions to ask. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, And you want to think long range. What would be a career that I could enjoy N- not only in the short-range building it, but long-range too. What brings me satisfaction? Then you. C- then the next step is to get experience. You want to talk with people who are in the career, careers, uh, possibly do some volunteer work. I volunteered at a psychiatric hospital to get some experience to become a psychologist, uh, maybe part-time work in that career. You want to narrow it down. You want to find out what type of training you need, um, And you want to make sure that you're willing to put in the effort for the long range. There is a resource, the Occupational Guides, um, in the library. There used to be an Occupational Outlook Handbook that still may exist. Uh, So I wish you a lot of success with that. A central purpose is your career. It is the main purpose. Everything else is secondary. Uh, You don't feel good about yourself if you're married with kids and you have no job or no career. So you do want to, you you can, I mean, in a temporary situation, that's fine, but If you're doing that for life, that doesn't work. Okay, coming up next, we have Dr. Andy Bernstein. We were constantly told that we shouldn't pass judgment on people, but we pass judgment on our cars, on our food, on whether we have a safe climbing rope. It is important to pass judgment on people, whether they're rational or not, capable or not, honest or not, and that's what we'll talk about, and we'll talk about the people who don't want us to do this with Dr. Andy Bernstein. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Having sex out of self-sacrificial duty when you're tired is guaranteed to take the joy out of sex. At the same time, letting intimacy fade away due to fatigue can undermine a relationship. Partners sometimes allow their work to take over their lives, forgetting that they will have no energy for affection or lovemaking at the end of a long day. Sex is too important a pleasure and too crucial for promoting intimacy to be put on the back burner. If you show in indifference to your partner's sexual pleasure. You are showing indifference to your partner. If either of you suffers from fatigue, discuss ways to ease the burden. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at Amazon.com.